Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet. No GPS. No text messages. No podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Walking Dead TV podcast, episode 275. This is Russ, and joining with me is Daryl, Jim, and Rich. Yo. Yo. Peanut butter, meat, jelly. Yes. Aaron is still on assignment somewhere. Somewhere in Southern California. If you're at a movie premiere this week, just you can just wave and call out his name. I'm sure he's there somewhere. Right. He'll, look, he'll for very, look for a very look for the very attractive woman on his arm. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, his yeah. But uh, and look for someone who looks very photogenic because they always take very good photos together. Yes. Just when you spot Stephen Yoon taking pictures, just that it'll be them he's taking pictures of. Exactly. He's their photographer. That's a good way to look at it. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, he's not here. No, he's not. Um, so episode 275, uh, I, there, I don't think there's any news. Is there any – I have – anybody have any news that we need to I, talk about? I hadn't mm, seen anything this week. Me either. I don't see anything advertised. Just, you know, just uh, some I, – I saw some, uh, uh, you know, public service announcements about hogweed. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? In Texas, they call it something else. It's cow something or cattle something. I don't know because I was out paintballing and got that crap all over my legs one time, and oh, it was terrible. I didn't know about the getting it in your eyes stuff, though. They uh, did mention that uh, season six of Fear of the Walking Dead is going to tell stories in, quote, an entirely different format, unquote, than other Walking Dead shows. So. Mm, that could mean they just say, oh, go online with it. <laughs> They're just going to show all of That's Al's tapes. It's just going to be there you go. It's going to be them putting a tape in, and we're just going to watch watch what she's recorded for the last six years. It'll be a daily uh, Good Morning good morning, Jenny show. Yeah. Hi, y'all. How you doing? It's me, Jenny. Good morning. I don't know. I don't know what that means. It kind of, sounds kind of ominous to me, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They gotta do something to shake it up. That's fine with me. It seems like every season of that show, it's we're gonna do something new. We're gonna go in a bold direction, different direction. We're gonna do that. It's always that. So I'm sorry. They just they they burned themselves with me as far as this last season. I just man, yeah. so bad. It started out well. But- yeah, you that's know. the thing. It's just talking yeah. about something that started really good and then just really went south. It, that, it that's, was real promising. Yeah, that's what's and, really distressing. Is, and is, not to beat Rick's dead horse, but I mean, we've gone over it like a bunch of times. It's the acting outstripping the writing yeah, that far yeah. on the show. Yes. Yeah, true that. But we're not here to talk about Fear of the Walking Dead. No, let's talk about an episode that actually did take a, uh, a weird turn and try some stuff. Yes, yeah, so we're here to talk about uh, The Walking Dead Season 10 Episode three, Ghosts. Uh, and I must say, overall, I thought this episode was pretty outstanding. Uh, yeah, especially, too. 
after being kind of poo pooing on episode two, I was. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot better. Yeah, this was like a ray of sunshine. I was I was all into it. So, um, speaking of, speaking of telling a story in a different format, this this felt again the way it was edited. It it felt really kind of fresh. Um, so it it uh, so we'll just jump into it. So it starts out and it says six a.m. hour one. And we just get – it's funny because I started my notes. I wasn't sure – you know, whenever – sometimes when they start episodes like this and they have a title card, we'll get vignettes. And then the vignettes will, you know, follow through the episodes. And usually, I don't know, there's like five or six of them or something like that. Um, but these were just got to the point where it was just like boom, 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 boom. You know, they're just quick cuts. And so it's funny. Right. I was kind of structuring my notes as to as to breaking this down like over periods of time. And then it became clear that they were trying to tell us a certain story in the beginning of the episode and then something later on. So uh, so essentially the first bit of the episode is just this broken down by hour uh, to show what's going on. So it starts off with, you know, Carol wakes up. She takes some of these – I'm assuming they're what, caffeine pills or some That's sort of amphetamine. Yeah. Or, yeah, I guess. I, it has I do it. know – well, there, there are um, they're either caffeine pills or there are these um, – uh, things called white crosses, mini sins that I used to sell a lot when I worked at uh, uh, like a truck stop back when I was in my teens. I thought they quit making mini sins. Ephedrine, I think it's called. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, it's some sort of stimulant for sure. Um, <clears throat> but it was in a prescription bottle, so I, I'm yeah. guessing it was something pretty strong. Some yeah. Kind, some kind of an upper. And it's strong enough to make her hallucinate, so that's well, going to be pretty strong. Yeah, I think a lot of the hallucination one. came from the sleep deprivation more than yeah. the drug. Yeah, probably. Probably. So we get these, you know, it's hour one, hour two, hour four, hour six. And and the the purpose of this is, again, to just show them the, the Alexandria team getting ward, worn down because – it's like wave after wave after wave of Walker walkers coming at him, you know, sometimes from one direction, sometimes from the other, sometimes from both. And, um, you know, we, we see one, you know, like hour six, they're like, you know, they're still fresh. They're marching, you know, kind of in their formation that we saw in the, in the pot, in the, uh, first episode. Um, you know, Aaron, um, you know, now has his, um, Spiky, spiky bald arm. Yeah, he has his mace. spiky ball. His mace, his mace, mace hand is uh, morning star hand. Yeah, um, I guess it'd be either of those. He's yeah. keeping his pimp hand strong. And it, you know, they show him at one point he's down. And there's like dead everywhere. So again, it's just it's just like wave after wave. And and again, they they all start to get a little edgy. They start to get, uh, you know, they start to get on. You can tell they're getting on each other's nerves. They're starting Which to get is, punchy. It's exactly what Alpha wants. I it mean, is. oh yeah. Oh, yeah. When we find, I mean, when uh, when Gamma shows up later, I mean, I'm sorry to step on your, you know, reveal oh, or whatever, yeah. but but you know, they're pounding wave after wave after wave, and you know, you're just like, this can't just be bad luck. And then when Gamma shows up, you realize, oh, Alpha softening him up for some uh, negotiation or some yeah, some talk, you know, psychologically. So they show it's like hour fourteen, nineteen, twenty two. We get to hour forty four. And at one point, it looks like things are going to calm down a little bit, and and Michonne goes back home, and Judah says, "You know, are we safe? Is is it safe?" And just when she's ready to, um, uh, to to kind of relax a little bit, she gets a call on the radio. It's like, "Oh, you got to come see this," and so she she goes back out there, and then it's like hour forty nine. So it's like again, and we're going on like the third day of this assault of wave after wave after wave, and and it's it it's almost worse than just like 
a continuous, you know, one continuous just battle because it's like you get just enough of a lull where I'm sure your adrenaline kind of kicks down. You start to, you know, feel like you can relax a little bit and then you have to kick it up again. And so you're constantly in this, you know, like I guess fight or flight, you know, uh, scenario with, with your body where you're constantly going into battle mode, rest mode, battle mode, rest mode. And it's just, it's just wearing everybody down. And I thought it was just really well done. I thought the way that the you know the cuts started a little slower, and then it gets to, the, to this pace where it's just like boom, boom, boom. You know, we just see you know a bunch of them one right after the other, and we see how how they're wearing down. I, I just thought it was very well done. I mean, it Nicotero didn't direct this episode, but it was very well. It was very well done. Um, it looks like the director was David Boyd, uh, but he did a really good job. That in the editing, I think again kind of went hand in hand because if you don't edit this right I, I think it kind of falls apart so um, yeah mm-hmm. and he's directed nine episodes of the show plus I mean the way they handle like the you know hallucination sequences later or whatever yes. I thought that was really definitely done and, and well thought out I thought anyway yeah so Michonne goes back to the front it looks like they're they're coming on two fronts there's one from the wall from the south they're about an hour once you know Eugene says yeah the one's group is about an hour away and the other group's about two hours away um and then gamma comes up and she says alpha wants a meeting at the north border um you know just go to the north border and put your weapons down and and michonne is like you know no w- 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 oh you you're sending these wave after wave after us like this and then you expect us to just you know do your bidding it's like screw you and and Gamma's like, it's not us. And she even makes a point. She even says, not us. So she's trying to sell it. So it's, it, And again, I think throughout the episode, it's pretty ambiguous as to whether or not it's actually them or not them. Um, well, didn't Lydia even say this isn't my mother? Yeah. So they, they kind of have like yeah. a mini town hall meeting. And Michonne kind of lays down the law. And, you know, again, because there's a lot of dissension. There's the the... The highwaymen that want their revenge, they're just like, no, we need to go. We need to kill her. We need to kill all of them. We need to take them all down. And Michelle's like, this is awesome. She just calmly looks at her and says, okay, do you have a plan for doing this? Mm-hmm. And then uh, the, the, she looks at her and then Michelle's like, no, I'm, I'm serious. Like, do you le- have a legitimate plan for this? And she's like, uh, no. <laughs> so it's like, again, you know, Michelle kind of the voice of reason, even though everybody's just ready to to kind of get at each other's throats. But she's trying to stay calm and and be the voice of reason. And I just I just thought that was a really cool exchange because it didn't get like that. That kind of put it to bed and kind of quelled the the unrest. Right. Because it was like, oh, yeah, we all everybody talk. Everybody talks a big talk until it's time to, to pay. But you get up. where they're coming from. I mean, oh, I totally, empathize totally. with them. I, I I mean, we'll get to it. But, you know, with the Carol standoff thing, I, I was the whole time just shooter, shooter, freaking shooter. <laughs> but it, but that's when Lydia chimes in and says, no, this isn't Alpha. If Alpha wanted you dead, she would just send the herd like she would just send it and overwhelm you. And then you'd all be dead. And Michonne's like, no, she wants to wear us down. Like this is this is about sending a message before finishing them off. She wants them. That's to- what I was thinking because yeah. I mean, make an example of them, you know, to kind of really mess with them before, you know, really, you know, soften them up, like you said, Russ, before they take you know, get taken down. Yeah, it, or before they go to the negotiating table, you know, coming to a position of weakness both mentally and physically and strategically, like. 
you know, if, if she knows they have to come do come meet with them like she wants, she has the upper hand because it's like, yeah, all the stuff that's going on, there's there's more to come. Like, you know, just just keep at it. Right. True that. Uh, so Sadiq has to get up and walk out because he starts having a panic attack. He starts again to kind of coincide with Carol. He starts hallucinating and, and flashing back to, to things that happen. And he starts, you know, breathing heavy, almost like, again, almost like he's having a heart attack and he has to get up and walk out. Um, and then uh, Michonne even asks him, you know, goes up and asks him if he's, you know, if, he, if he's okay a little later on. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Well, I guess I did a better job this episode than last episode because I was like, is the spider poisoning him? Is he yeah. flipping out? Like, I, I wasn't understanding I think what I think after this episode, it's, it's pretty clear it's PTSD. Right, right. Yeah, I, I mean, but it didn't. It didn't do a great job on the last episode of showing that it was PTSD with him. Right, yeah. it came out of nowhere too. Yeah, it wasn't any lead up to it. Well, I mean, he. It's because of what just recently happened, so he hasn't. Yeah, and, but the thought of spider in there, I mean, that just was like, what is the... Oh, the spider, yeah, okay. That was just a yeah. weird thing to throw in there. I agree. Uh, it's not a physical thing. Well, I mean, right. it is, it's manifesting it, well, itself as a physical thing, but it's not right. physical. The root cause is not physical in nature. It's, right. It's mental. Right. Um, so Gabriel, uh, again, Carol's popping more pills. Did so she? To, yeah, to Oof. go to the front, it's, it's going to be Michonne... Uh, Carol, Daryl, and then kind of an assorted group of of the others that are that are out there. Um, yep. And red shirts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I sorted, assorted red shirts. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm I thinking that when I saw it. I'm like, well, somebody's going to die. It's not going to be terrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I know that this doesn't really compare, but for some reason, the whole thing with Carol and those pills just reminded me of the Save by the Bell with Jesse and the person. <laughs> I don't know why, but I kept thinking of that episode every time she'd break out that pill bottle. <laughs> Am I the only one that watched Saved by the Bell here? Yeah. Uh, okay. Daryl's going to plead the fifth. <clears throat> uh, I think Cheryl probably saw the Triple X parody. I, think uh, I probably did. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about it. Showgirls I- was not a sequel to Saved by the Bell, Daryl. Yes, it was. It counts. <laughs> No, they just it changed the title counts. to Save by the... Well, you can figure it out. It all counts. <laughs> Save by the D. Anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's all connected. It counts. <laughs> yes. So Gabriel wants to enlist Negan. And uh, Aaron's not really having any of that. But Gabriel oh, is just man. like, look. You of know, all we, the people that pair... Hold on a second. I'm saying <laughs> that was a problem. <laughs> yeah. Of all the people... I mean, you're going to send Negan out already. You're kind of sketchy on it, right? Of all the people to send him out with, it has to be the guy who is like, you know, whose whose husband got just slaughtered by the saviors. Yeah, right. Uh, I'm sorry. I was just like, what? Why him? There's got to be yeah, someone that was else. A bad, that was a bad pick. It's like we don't have time because someone they don't have time Aaron, for this. Right? They don't it's, have time for simple, this right Jim. now. The answer is simple. It was in the script. Well, literalist. Yeah. <laughs> But it was funny because he he even comments on Aaron's hand, like yeah, he does. You know, makes a comment about how badass it is, and then Gabriel's like, 
Like it's it's Aaron. He's a saint. Like like because Negan was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to go out with him either. Yeah, like, I think yeah. I'm just gonna pick tomatoes and I'll be perfectly fine. Just and staying. our our Aaron decided to make sure and quote that on Facebook. Yes, that was fun. <laughs> and he, he's like, yeah, that's when Negan goes. He's like, he says something to him about his new hand. He's like, putting the stump to use. <laughs> I just thought that was a I thought it was a good line. Um, so they, they kind of really, go out. They really dig into each other, though, man. Yes. I mean, they hit some sore spots. Yeah. It, it was, he hates them. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was some great character interaction between the two of them. And good acting, too. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the two of them kind of go out. I'm not sure why they're so separated and out on their own from the rest of the group, unless they were doing some kind of, like, advanced recon or scouting or something. But, um this is something about trying to break up a wave of walkers before it reaches the city or whatever. Yeah. So they send two guys. So they send two guys. Yeah, yeah, just two. Two guys, two guys that are two. about two guys each that other's hate throat. each other. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like the odd couple walking dead style. <laughs> yes. Uh, so a- as they start to to get attacked, you know, Negan's got the the Morgan stick, and of course, mm-hmm. Aaron has his uh, battle arm and. Uh, Negan finds a crowbar. <laughs> I wonder if that's what they called on the action figure. <laughs> battle arm. Does it Aaron like with the, action battle arm. Where you pull it back and it and it springs like it's on a it's on a spring and it'll Right, like the He Man dolls. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they have a little button in the back. Um But Negan goes to pick up the crowbar and Aaron's like, uh no. Like you're not So they had they have this back and forth about the crowbar. And Negan trying to tell him, like, look, man, I'm I'm not the same person I used to be. And they they get into this really good, like, philosophical conversation about, you know, why Negan did the things that he did. And Negan's like, look, you know, you it's about survival. And it, what did he say? Either if you if you can't keep the people you care about alive or protect them, then you don't deserve them or something. So, something like that. He 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 talks to Aaron. To me, it sounded to me like he was kind of trying to blame him for Eric's death. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, blame Aaron for Eric's death. Well, and he kind of did. It was a. It, uh, it yeah. did remind me of Batman Begins, though, where that you you weren't, you know, you just weren't tough enough. Your father. It was your father. Yeah, it wasn't your it fault was your that fault. your parents were killed. It was your father's fault. Yeah, because you didn't protect him. You 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 was your job to protect him, and you didn't. Plain and, so and then, simple. Yeah, and then Aaron kind of puts it back on him and says, mm-hmm. "Oh, so basically, it's it's your wife's fault that you're it's your fault your wife is dead and you're never going to see her again. You've got to you know you've got to live with that." And Ouch. Negan goes, "You need to watch it." Yeah, <laughs> but it's true. If we go by yeah. that logic, logic is perfectly true. That's that's the way he's yeah. laid it out. Yeah, not wrong. And I, I think the, since the break, since the jump, Negan's whole thing is. Look, I had to be. It's all which I, I'm glad for. He's not trying to make excuses for himself. He's not trying to say that he was that he's not, he's not trying to say that he was wrong. What he's saying is, look, at that time, in that moment, given where I was and what was going on, I did what was best to keep as many people alive as I possibly could, and that was just the way that I did it. And it kind of it kind of goes back to, you know, what happened on Fear when they were having that conversation about like, 
hey, do you ever think that we're the villains in somebody else's story? You know, it's, yep. it's that kind of thing, right? Um, well, you know, in well, a lot of cases, a villain doesn't even know they're a villain. It's, you know, they're doing what, it, to Negan's point, what they think is right. Although some of the stuff I think he did out of pleasure of it, the evilness of it. But for the most part, you know, I mean, did they have to go out to other communities and steal half of their stuff and all that? No. But as far as defending themselves, I kind of get it. Um, And I really, really like Negan this episode. He was very good. There's an old saying that uh, every villain is the hero in their own story. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean... You know, Doctor Doom looks at himself as a benevolent ruler over Latveria and someone who wants to share his knowledge with the world. You know, he's Mag- not. Magneto is a freedom fighter. He you know, sees himself as a freedom fighter. Mm-hmm. You know? Like I said, all the best villains here are in their in their own mind don't think they're doing something wrong, yeah. and that's kind of what where where Egan's at now. You know, yeah, absolutely. Kind of like he's trying Darryl. to prove. Daryl mm-hmm. just liberates spaghetti, doesn't actually destroy and kill it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, yeah. True. But, but I like relo- that he's... relocating spaghetti. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but he, he's trying to prove or be given the opportunity to prove that he's changed. And so it's interesting because I'm, as I'm watching this, I'm like... Is he? Is that what he's really doing? Is that is that where they're really going with his character, or is this all just some very clever, very long game that he's playing? And I guess the more the more I watch of this, the less I think he's playing some kind of long con. I don't think he is. I think that the relationship that he's built with a few of the people there, um, Gabriel, they have a very special bond. You know, going all the way back to the war. Um, you know, his time with Judith and just a few other people there. I mean, if you think about the storyline with Carl in the comic and then you compare that with Judith, I don't know. It just seems to me like, um, you know, he, he finally got a sense of, uh, of order where before it was just lawlessness and do whatever he said. Well, he said it when he went out there and he came back. He's like, there's, there's nothing for me out there. It's like he's yeah. going to protect it because it's the only place he has there is nothing else yeah but but he also said that he was the person to react to the situation around him you know what i mean yeah. and he, that's yeah. why he did what he did which i mean you might as well i mean if the situation came about again where he could put himself in a leadership role i'm sure he would do it you know so he's like he's out and out telling you you know he will betray you given a chance you know because of his like situationist ethics or whatever it is you know what i mean yeah and two he's also seeing firsthand i don't think he ever believed that rick's way was the way or that it could work i i think he honestly believed at that point in time that his way was the only way that that's yeah. how you, you had to keep people in line you mm-hmm. had to you had to do things that way that was the only way to make it work because if you give people an inch they take a mile and i i think the more he sees and part of his, you know, six years in prison, you know, kind of thing, he's seeing that it does work or it is working. Um, you know, obviously hiccups in the road, the stuff with the whisperers. And I think he's, you know, we've seen where he's trying to man- manipulate that a little bit, too. He's had these conversations with Gabriel to say, you know, hey, you need to you need to give people an enemy so they're not focused on you. Like if you if they feel like you're not protecting them, 
than it's almost like he's modifying his philosophy to fit in with what's going on at Alexandria, but still be him. Um, I, I, it's just very interesting. I, I much prefer. I mean, I think the crazy Negan swinging the hammer, smacking people in the head is fun. Fun is is a fun. You know, it, it's kind of an interesting character. It's you know, it's like oh, this guy's crazy. But I think it wears thin really quick. I mean, I think we all agree if we've if we'd had nothing but like four or five seasons of him acting and talking and and going on about the same way, it, it just would get old. And I think that's why even when he was he was that way, they kind of used him sparingly. Like we'd go two three episodes and not see him at all, and then we and you know then we get him for for a bit um, because I think it just wears thin. Like you can't have that all the time before it just gets old. True that. Oh, I know. How how tired do we get of that Negan? You know, week in and week out. Oh, I'm badass yeah. Negan. Uh, yeah. blah, blah, blah. I'm yeah. just like, okay, dude. Right. Yeah, He's doing one note, right? Yeah, yeah. There's no, like there's no dimensionality to that. Yeah, no. like they say on Letterkenny, let's bring it down about 20%, okay? Well, and I always <laughs> thought, well, maybe it's because they they got it, I don't know about right, but better in the book and stuff. But I'm actually right now going through and rereading the beginning of The Whispers and stuff, uh, to finish out, catch up and finish out the series. And I mean, I, I actually starting to like this Negan that we're seeing in this episode anyway, better than even the comic book one. So, Oh, for sure. Yeah. I agree with that hundred percent. I always thought the comic book one was really, and maybe, maybe it's because we just got it in chunks. Like I would get it every six months when the trade would come out, you know, it wasn't every week like it is with the TV show, or it was with season seven and eight. Yeah. So the Michonne and the crew they they cross into into the the border. We cut back to Alexandria because the battle's still kind of raging there, and it's Rosita and Eugene, and they're you know going going at the walkers coming in. And I love Eugene. Like he feels like he's getting close to Rosita again, and he has that comment. He's like, she's like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. you know we're, you know, they're kind of bonding. And Eugene's like, oh, uh-huh. I, I'm I'm good. I don't need a break. I I could go all night. And it's just like nope. wink, wink, nod, nod. <laughs> you know, nope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it is I, Sir Jorah, here to escort you into the friend zone. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> No, he knows he's in the friend zone because later he says, I'd like to be moved, you know, rezoned. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I thought that was funny. So back at the border, Alpha confronts the crew. They they lay down their weapons, although Carol is packing a, a thirty eight in her back in her in her waistband. Um and they get to the to the border and they're like, Well, we we had to cross the one time. You know, it was the fire and you know, we were protecting our stuff as well as your stuff and She's like, well, no, you crossed three times. You know, you crossed the first time, and then you know you crossed again when you went looking for for, for one of your people, and then you did it a third time. And so, and then she's like, it's almost like a Negan thing, right? She's like, well, somebody has to pay. Somebody has to pay for it. And they're like, well, you know, come on, like, you, you know, she's like, but I'm not going to make anybody pay this time. No, she said, I consider context. Yes, I consider context. Yes. <laughs> so there will be no bloodshed this time. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow, cool. Um, but she decides nice that. Yeah, so, she just. Go ahead, Rich. I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say, so, so I'm thinking, um, I don't know if any of you 
been deer hunting, but you can get these cameras you put out in the woods, and they're motion activated, so they take pictures of games, so you can kind of try to figure out what the different habits of the deer in the area are. I'm wondering if maybe the Whispers have gone and gotten some of that technology and put it out, because it's all battery ran. So, because, I mean, I just don't know how, like, when when Daryl, or not Daryl, but Michonne and Aaron went to the bridge and stuff, I mean, there was nobody around. And at that time, at least we were led to believe the Whisperers weren't even in the area. So, I don't know. I just wonder if there's either another group helping them or another, you know, some sort of technology or something. I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's technology they don't have they haven't shown any no they don't to, use any to use any kind of technology the old world, i think there's bitch. just that's they're nomads right they're constantly yeah. moving around and scouting and everything and i'm sure she just has a rotating group of people that just, just constantly follow. watches the the border and yeah, yeah, man, it just zombies, seems like a lot skinning, of work and other than skinning people and walking around with zombies what the hell do they really do yeah yeah. You know? They don't do anything. They do. I don't. Know. You ever see them eat or? No. I don't know. Play gin rummy. Anything. They no. just do the mask and they clean. Yeah. They, they they get new ones if they you know dry yep. out. They get new ones and yep. That's it. That's what they Very do. Much. She doesn't take any blood, but she decides that she's going to do something else, and she's going. She's got to punish them somehow. So she's going to take more territory. So she says, "We're moving the border." To basically the quarry, so that where, where her and Carol had the big standoff um, in the in the previous two at the end of the previous two episodes, that's the new border. Is that that creek or quarry or whatever whatever that is um, over there? And they're like, okay, you know, well, and they're like, well, it's going to cut cut into our hunting and everything else. And so, but they they acquiesce. I, th- I think, and, and again, I, I think. It, you know, it's funny seeing Daryl just be agreeable and everything, but I think a lot of it is he's – they're just tired, right? They're tired yeah. of, yeah. you know, what, not eight or nine years at this point or seven years in in this post-apocalyptic world. And it's just been fight after fight after fight after fight. And they finally got a, you know, a place where, you know, they're starting to rebuild. You know, they've got the windmill. Mm-hmm. They've got – you know, they're starting to kind of rebuild their society. The hilltop is, is, is kind of rebounding. And it's like, man, I just I don't want to fight any like anymore. Well, like, we'll fight if we have through, to fight, right? But Daryl's been through the hothead thing. He was the guy that always yeah. wanted to fight, yep. and yeah. and people died because of it. Yeah, and you know, and again, you know, they've been fighting zombies, you know, three days straight, no sleep. Yeah, yep. And that's got to put a. I mean, you said they're tired. Yeah, damn right, they're tired. Yeah. yeah I so I guess it goes back to Rick trying to bang him in the head with that whole thing of it's just not you anymore. It's, it's yeah. You know, you, it's the people around you. Also, you have to you have to think of them before you react to stuff. Now, not my girl Carol, though. Nope. Nah, Carol decides she's out. to pull that pull that revolver out and shoot Alpha right in the head. She don't give a damn. And just as she pulls the tr- just as she's about to pull the trigger, Daryl catches her and you know knocks her hand down and and she misses. And then it starts a whole big standoff. And again, Alpha acquiesces. Was it Daryl? Oh, yeah, Michonne. Oh. No, I think it was Daryl. Yeah, no, Michonne. Was it no, Michonne? Because nah, she Michonne. apologized. Remember? She oh, said right, to right, Carol, right, right. I'm sorry. I had to do that. You understand why? Yeah, it was Michonne. And she explains, like, "Hey, we're we're tired. We're asleep. You know, we're we're all, all on edge. Like, this is what's going on." And and again, Alpha kind of 
acquiesces again, and I think she realizes it's like, okay, well, I get, I did the bit about the kid, that that kind of like I basically provoked her. So well, yeah, I mean, first they start out, you know, Carol's like she doesn't have to, I don't have to listen to this bullshit. Yeah, and yeah. then Alpha brings up talks about the blonde boy who screamed his mother's name before I cut his head off. Yeah, and that is when Carol pulls out the gun. Yeah, that's when I was staring at the screen, going, "Shoot her! Shoot her! Shoot her!" I just, uh I mean, I know the others would have opened fire, but our group's pretty. We could have may- maybe lost one or two, but you know, it would have been worth it. Yeah, nah, not that well. It would have started the war. There's way too many now. Yeah. Well, they would have brought that herd down. Like that, they're yeah. making a point of they have that herd that's over ten thousand walkers. Like it's that's their nuclear that's their nuclear option right now. Yeah, they have that. They have that herd. So, so Daryl says something. You know, they they try and talk her, you know, down, and Daryl says something to her, and 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 Carol just looks at him and says, "Bitch has to die." Yes, <laughs> yes, she does, and she just walks off, and that's yeah. it. And then Daryl talks to Michonne as they're kind of walking back and says, look, I think she was better off on the boat. Like, you know, she, you know, we I, we wanted her back, but at least she had some peace of mind yeah. and had a bit of a purpose. And since she's been back, she's just been, she's not been, been the same. Yeah, she, he said she's not there. She's not, she never came, it's almost like she never came back. But she came back from that boat. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. not. She's not all there. So we cut back to Negan and Aaron, and this is kind of when they have their big back and forth discussion that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. And uh, at the end of it, he kind of Negan's kind of standing there as one of the walkers gets up real close to Aaron, and Aaron spins around, and ne- Negan at this point pulls up his sleeve, and he's got this horrid rash on yeah. his, like, the inside of his arm, and he's scratching it, and he's like, "What the hell?" Because he thought he was bit at first. Because he, he was attacked by one. Because I almost bit. thought it was. I thought he was bit, too. Yeah. yeah, and so he pulls it, and you could tell it was just like this red rash. So then Aaron gets attacked, spun around. It wasn't super clear at first. I thought he got blood in his eyes. I thought he got, like, walker guts or something in his eyes. That's what it was like too. he was rolling around. He, he hit one of them in the head. And then all of a sudden he can't see. And so we, we find out later that, yeah, it was the, it was the, the, the weed or whatever that, that hit him. Um, hogweed. He, the hogweed he got in his eyes. And you gotta it, watch uh, that stuff. Yeah. It's down. It's nasty. It's nasty too. But it, it it blinded him. He couldn't really see. So at this point, he's wandering around. Negan's gone. Um, and he's just wandering around with his uh with his spike hand, uh, looking for Negan. Blind. Yes. With a spike hand. Yes. So this is where the episode gets pretty interesting. So we cut back to Daryl and Michonne and them, and they decide, okay, they're not going to make it back. They need to f- see if they can find some shelter. Um, at this point, right before that, though, um, Carol saw three whisper, what she thought was three whisperers. She she saw them, and this is after they split off from Alpha. They're clearly in their territory. They're walking uh-huh. back. There's three of them there. Carol sees. She pulls out her gun, fires at them, and then... She tells the rest of them, like, look, there, there's three of them out there. And they go looking. It's getting dark. They can't find them. And they decide, okay, well, you, you, we can't make it back to, to Alexandria tonight, so they're going to find shelter. Um, so they end up finding shelter. And um, 
she starts to. This is where she starts to. Um, well, it's in an abandoned school, right? Yeah, it's in an abandoned. Yes. And then um, she's looking at the cover of a home economics book. Yes, and she starts to hallucinate where the right. kid. That was is, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> there was Lizzie yeah. and Micah from the Look at the Flowers episode. Yep. Oh, Sam, and Henry, and Henry with his with his throat slit and yeah. Sophia. Yeah, so it was really it was really freaky uh, that that she was seeing that, and so she again you could tell she's starting to hallucinate. Um, and then I'm I'm going to stick with this part of the story, and then I'll go back and and we'll talk about the Aaron part. But um, but she she goes to sit down, and she goes to take more pills, and then Daryl starts telling a story about his dad, and his dad was a trucker, and he used to you know drive longer than he should. He used to take you know, take amphetamines. And, uh, one night he was driving, he saw this little girl, a girl on the side of the road. She steps out in front of his truck and he runs right over her. and he stops, gets out immediately. You know, they calls the police, they come out, he's looking around that, you know, nothing on the grill, nothing under the truck, no sign of her at all. And, and it just turns out that, you know, sleep, uh, sleep deprivation and everything else. There was no girl. He was hallucinating. And so, you know, he tries to, to convince Carol to get some sleep, and she's like, "Just one more hour, just one more hour." Um, and then she she gets up and starts wandering around, and she goes to where the gym, what looks like the gym, and there's a bunch of you know she's she's walking, and there's like a, a almost like a like a Chewbacca trap on the on the ground, <laughs> like snaring her uh, by her foot. Can you reach my lightsaber? <laughs> yeah. Lift Did up. she already have the conversation with Daryl again, though, before this part? Or is it after? When when he, she finds out she was asleep? Uh, oh, I guess it was. I guess it was. It was. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Um, he, he says something. To, she's she's like, where have you been? You've been gone for 30 minutes. And she's like, oh, I was, I was right here. She goes, oh, we just had that conversation. You told me about your dad. You know, uh, you know, being a trucker, and he's like, my dad wasn't wasn't a truck driver. She now, also sees Henry in the hall, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah she's yeah. kind of haunted by him. Now yeah. we should have known that it was a dream or something wasn't up because one, Daryl had more than one or two sentences to say, and two, it was about his history and his backstory. So those two things never happened. So we should have known it was a dream. Yeah. <laughs> well, then the whole thing with the clock, right? Like they look yeah, up at one point yeah. of the clock and it has no hands. And I remember at the time I was like, who, what kind of monster would steal the hands off of a clock and leave the clock there? Um, but clearly that was a, that was a signal that she was uh, hallucinating. Um, so yeah, so she has the conversation with Daryl and then they, they repeat it again. She's like, just give me one more hour, one more hour. <clears throat> and then she goes for, she goes wandering again. And this is where she gets in the gym. She gets snared in the trap. She's hanging upside down. She's able to snag, um, kill a couple couple of the walkers with a knife, cuts herself free, <clears throat> and when she falls down, she ends up cutting herself on glass. And when they find her, she's just – so then they, they, they come and they find her. She's standing there. There's a bunch of dead walkers around her, and she's got a really nasty cut on her hand so or her arm. So she really did you know get, get glass cut on there, but it's not clear like what happened. It's almost like maybe she put her hand through the glass window of the door maybe or – um, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not really that important, but I mean, the, the point is she, she's hurt. 
Um, and she's, she's bleeding pretty good. So they got to get her back, um, back to Alexandria to get her patched up. Um, and, mm-hmm. and then they, so, so when they get her back there, <clears throat> Sadiq, um, goes to help her and he's like, Oh, well, so, you know, I'll open her up. You pull the, you pull the glass out. And then the, the other doc, I forget the other doctor's name or the medic guy. Um, Dante, Dante, but he's like, no, I'll, because he could tell Sadiq is like shaking. Again, Sadiq is is full on with this PTSD where it's he can't even really function properly, and so he's like, "No, I'll you know I'll open him up and you 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 pull the the, the glass out." So they're able to, to kind of patch her back up, get her healed up, um, and then Michonne and then Carol hallucinates again. Like she she wakes up and she's like in a you know happy go lucky mood and she's you know dressed and has her makeup done and all the stuff and she walks down and Daryl you know again the full clue that this is a hallucinating like Daryl's cooking like a full breakfast um uh you know at the at the table and you know Henry's there and um, he hands him I, a dollar hands her a dollar out of yeah, the <laughs> yeah yeah cuz they're out of what is it they're out of milk or out of juice or something and uh, she's like, "Oh, I'll go to the store and get it." And then Daryl gives her money. And then when she looks at the, she looks down at the money, and then knows something's up. And then again, she wakes up. So again, hallucinating again. And this time, when she walks down, and she looks over. That's the other thing. When she was hallucinating that time, she looked down at her hand at the watch on her wrist, and it had no hands on the on the on the watch face. Yeah, often when people lucid dream, they say if they try to wake, if they need to wake themselves up or whatever, they'll try to look at something with numbers or letters. Or uh, fine detail, like a watch or, or numbers on, on, on money or whatever. Because that's something that can't translate well into a dream. Gotcha. Interesting. So she wakes up again. She comes downstairs. And, and this time we could tell it's her because she's, A, she doesn't look quite as well well made up as she did the previous time. Mm-hmm. But she's got the, the bandage on her, uh, the, the pink uh, bandage on her on her arm where she was she was healed. Um so I want to I want to cut back to so we cut cut back to Aaron and Negan. <clears throat> so Aaron ends up stumbling into the to this shack or whatever that's out there that they find a shelter. Negan's already in there, and Aaron is is trying to to look around and find him, and um and doesn't. And Negan at this point is like, man, I don't know what's this what's going to happen with this guy. Like, is if he finds me, is he going to try and kill me? But it's clear that he can't see, and so Negan, you know. Negan ends up tell you know he gets into trouble and then Negan ends up uh, killing the walkers <clears throat> and he even tells uh, Aaron he's like oh it's 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 the um it's the 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 weed the the good weed. hogweed the hogweed, hogweed. I want to say cow why do I keep wanting to say cowweed I don't know uh, it's, no it's that's the, the other good. stuff it's not the good weed no it's not the good, <laughs> um, it's the bad it's the bad hogweed. guy hogweed the hogweed. Um, he tells him, "Oh, you know, it, it causes blindness." He's like, "You know, unless you wash it out." And then it may, he goes, "Is it permanent?" And he's like, "I don't. It 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 could be." Um, and so he ends up falling asleep. And Negan basically stands watch all night over him with his crowbar, mind you. Yeah, he did. After but I, saving his life, I still think and, he was effing with him when he said, "You could still you can go blind." Like, yeah. I think that was effing with him because he just can't help himself. Yeah, yeah, I I, I thought the same thing. It's just him. 
Um, but he, I th- again, I think he makes the point of, of proving to Aaron, like, hey, man, if I was going to kill you, you'd be dead. Yeah. Right. Like, you'd, you'd be dead. I got no fight in me for this. Yeah. Yeah. When Aaron woke up and Negan's at the window and he turns and says, can you see me? I I, had to re- I thought he said, can, can, now do you, f-, or he says, do you see me? But I don't, I thought I heard, do you fear me? And then he said, yes. And I'm like, what? But no. Oh, so, uh, no. It was, it was do yeah, you see me? See, yeah. I had to rewind it though. Cause I, I was like, why would he, what, why would he say that? <laughs> yeah. Um, I really enjoyed the whole Aaron Negan situation this episode. I thought it was very well done. Then we go back to Rosita and Eugene, who, after a, an exhaustive day of zombie fighting, they go back to the to the house and they're kind of having. I guess they're feeling comfortable and friendly with each other, and. Um, Eugene basically says, well, he, he kind of makes, makes a bit of a move. And then Rosita is like, again, they're both sleep deprived. Um, they're both exhausted. And Rosita is like, it's never going to happen. Like never, ever. And, and it's at that moment that Eugene, as he put it, uh, says he was hoping he would get rezoned into love town. Um, there's a crushing moment of clarity. Yes. Yes, because he he equates the sleep deprivation and the way they feel to when people are drunk, and that basically, uh, you know, you you all your inhibitions go away when you're drunk, and you speak, you know, you you speak freely and clearly, and and kind of true to your heart, and because they're essentially drunk from sleep deprivation and exhaustion, he has this moment where he knows that. Um, that it's it's never going to happen between the two of them, as well, much as he thought that maybe it would. Yeah, but he is is, is from uh, the typical Eugene uh, standpoint, though. Like he's like, you know, the whole friendship is premised on the belief that I could change your mind, you know, and get like you said, rezoned to Love Town. It's like the only reason he's been a friend to her and helped her with the baby and everything is to get in her pants. Yeah, because she so, she says, "Oh, our our all our, our friendship was just you know." BS like it was never a thing and that's yeah that's when he says oh yeah it was just a it it was always there in the hope that it would be something more and it's just like wow you know she's she's trying to be a a decent human being about it and he's basically just admitted to the fact that he's he's only been interested in her or pretend to be interested in her um, for something more and so it's kind of like it's kind of like the end uh, for, for him um so the, at the, at this point, then we cut back to Dante and Sadiq, and I had this moment in watching this where I got a real sixth sense vibe. Do you guys think that maybe Dante doesn't exist? <laughs> no, but now that no? you said it, did any of them act? No, because he spoke to them when he came out on the porch. Yeah, but Sadiq was right there, like Sadiq was starting to speak, and then uh-huh. Dante had to speak for him. Because yeah, the way they, Sadiq was going on, it was almost like Carol didn't make it. <laughs> yeah, he was um, about, I was like, Sadiq, what are you doing? Like, why are you saying it like she's dead? Yeah, and then he had to come up behind her. Yeah. I don't know that that's the case, but there's, I, there's just, I just had this moment where I'm like, is he hallucinating Dante as well? Like, has he completely lost it? That's a hard hallucination if he does. 
because he's yep. Dante's also acted very strange. Like remember yeah, in, right. in the first episode? Well, yeah, I had, I even made a comment because I'm like, I don't know if I like this guy because I don't know. It was just a weird vibe that episode, but I really did like this, and he's he's got the PTSD issue and everything else. But I never even thought about that. But now that you said that, Russ, that could very well be because I don't recall him interacting with anybody outside of being next to Sadiq. Yeah. So I'm, anyway, it's it's an interesting thing to think about, I guess. But but Dante basically tells Sadiq about a, a soldier when he served, um, you know that that went through a bunch of hard stuff, came back, had to go through hospitals. Wasn't Adonis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's basically speaking about himself that he yeah. he had a period in time where, um, you know, he had some real issues with PTSD, and um, and it sounds like he got the help he needed and he was able to kind of get it maybe not completely past it, but, it, but in, to the point where he was a functional, I mean, obviously he's a, if he's, if he's real, he's a functional human being again, like he can, he can, um, you know, do, do his job. He's a medic in the, in, in the army. Um, so I, I just thought that was a cool thing where he's just kind of trying to relax. You know, he totally knows what Sadiq is going through, even though nobody else really knows what Sadiq is going through. Um, and just kind of had that moment where he's trying to relate to him. So, I'm. I, this will be interesting for me to see how this plays out and to see if 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 I'm right or or he's a he's he's a he's a real boy after all. So then we uh, Michonne goes back home and it's kind of again a repeat of what happened earlier where Judah says, hey, "Is it safe? You know, is it, is it safe yet?" And Michonne is able to lay down in the bed with with RJ and Judith and and able to kind of finally rest. Um, and then Carol asks Daryl, like, I I know, like, I yes, I know I, I was hallucinating. Yes, I know there's stuff out there. But I know I saw three of them. Like, nobody else really seems to believe her. Um, even Michonne doesn't really believe her, I think. And she asked Daryl, like, do you believe me? And Daryl says yes, but I get the feeling Daryl doesn't believe her either. I believe that his answer was true in as much as he believes that she believes she saw something. Yeah. Is is. So he's being truthful, but not really. So we get to the end of the episode. I have and, questions. And we see that there's some dead around. And then there's a whisperer that's been gut shot and just laying in there. It's um, one Carol comes, shot. Yeah, exactly. And it comes back to life. Well, raises from the dead. Like the eyes go white and she, she gets up. So, so Aaron and I have been going back and forth about this the last couple of days online because I, I asked, is, was that Gamma or was that some random red shirt whisperer? Um, because it was short-lived if that was Gamma. He says, no, it was Gamma. And he goes, she wasn't a walker. And I said, no, I even took a screenshot of it. Aren't the eyes all cloudy like a walker when they open? Yeah, I don't think that was Gamma, and that was definitely a walker. Yeah. Like she, she was definitely she definitely died and was and came back because yeah the eyes totally glazed over white. Because I'm figuring they're gonna find this Walker slash X Whisperer slash whatever the hell, um, and that'll be their proof that they're coming onto their land. I don't know what good that's going to do, but you know, at least they can show that they they're not the only ones breaking the the treaty or whatever you want to call it. And that's how the episode ends. Ghosts. And it's full of ghosts. All right. Well, before we get to our 
uh, ratings. Would somebody like to give us a message from our sponsor? Our sponsor, DCBService.com, discount comic book service where you can get comic books at 30, 40, 50% off, sometimes even more than that. But it's not just comics. You can get statues, action figures, T-shirts, whatever your little geeky or that geek in your life's heart's desire. Um, they also have a sister site in Stock Trades where you know you can get any of the trade paperbacks that you're missing from Walking Dead or whatever it is. Uh, again, at 30, 40, 50% off, sometimes more. And what's nice on in Stock Trades, you order more than $50 and the shipping is free. Um, so, um, but, uh, I've been a long user of them and I'm very happy. They pack everything very nice, tightly, neatly. It, it comes as though it just came right off the shelf. So dcbservice.com. Excellent. All right. So our buster ratings, uh, Daryl, what do you, what do you give? How many busters do you give ghosts? That mean, uh, I like this episode. Like this is a, it's a much better episode than the previous one, and it really goes to the that whole thing of PTSD and and what they're going through, and they really don't know. You know, the, the whole thing of having a compromise with a dangerous psychopath because they don't have a choice. Um, it was just well done. I mean, it was more Daryl and Carol. It's always great to see them together. Um, and to see Carol, it's just it's rough seeing Carol in this situation, and she's not all out of it though, because she was right, <laughs> and part of this she was actually right. Um, there is something more going on here, um, but it was uh, it was just well done how they did it, you know, being in that that place and uh, all that stuff with Negan and and uh, was Dan- Negan and um, Andrew. Right. Aaron, I mean, Aaron. Um, Aaron. It was cool to see them have to air out their stuff. I mean, Aaron's going to have to get over it because they're going to they're gonna have to get together. Everybody's going to have to pull together for this. Um, so Aaron had to get through his, uh, his nonsense because he went through his thing of, you know, he wasn't a fighter and now all of, you know, now he's been training all these years to be a fighter now, so. Uh, it was cool. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I probably get it a three point five on the Buster scale. I liked it that much. It wasn't perfect, but I liked it. Cool, Rich. Yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. Um, everything dealing with loss, the PTSD, um, to the Negan Aaron stuff. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, all the stuff with Carol was very interesting. Um, again, I I know it wouldn't have been good, but I still wish she would have not been stopped in shooting Alpha. But um, but what was really cool about everything with Carol, you know, having just recently seen the Joker movie, it kind of has that. It just reminded me of that unreliable narrator thing that you don't always know what is or what is not real because we just don't have a reliable person as the point of view. And I really enjoyed that. I mean, um, you know, when, when the whole, my dad's not, it was not a trucker thing. My jaw dropped. I was like, Holy crap. You know, um, the whole thing was Sadiq and the PTSD. That was pretty terrifying. I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't, I could only imagine what it must be like to go through that kind of stuff. But, um, 
the actor sold it very well. I'm glad Dante is able to help him through this, but now I'm wondering if Dante really exists. <laughs> Thanks, Russ. <laughs> um, it, was a, it was it was just really good. Um, you know, and then my I got my answer. Then that is a Walker whisperer at the end of the show. So um, this these three episodes, I know you guys weren't as keen on last week as I was, but this has been a great start to the tenth season of this show. And this one I thought was the best of the three and was excellent. And I give it four point seven five out of five busters. It loses point two five because she didn't successfully kill Alpha. <laughs> Jim? Uh, I give it a 4.25. I really loved it. You know, you guys know how much I am a fan of Carol. And to see all these cool callbacks and everything in her hallucinations was great. Uh, it was it was a nice treat for, you know, long-time viewers like us. I thought anyway. Um, I like the stuff with Negan and Aaron. I like the stuff with Alpha at the negotiating table. Uh, Samantha Morton is really a strong enough actress to stand up to, you know, deny Gara and the rest of them and, and be credible as a threat. Uh, and I appreciate that a lot. Uh, so 4.25. Cool. I'm going to give this one a 4.5. I really, really liked it. I, I think it fired on all cylinders for me. I thought the, the opening especially was just really well done and in, in setting the tone. And I thought the Carol hallucination stuff was pretty genius. Just the way that, uh, when they dropped it on you the first time, because Daryl, what Daryl was saying was totally plausible, um, you know, for 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 his, you know, explaining what his who his father was and and things like that. So I uh, and then the, the Negan Aaron stuff I thought was phenomenal. So yeah, I'm super happy with this episode. If if the rest of the season kind of uh, kind of can can hold this momentum, I think we're in for for a pretty good show. So that's what I thought. But what did the Facebooks have to say this week? Oh, wouldn't you like to know? Uh, <laughs> if you go to facebook.com slash group slash WDTV podcast uh, or look up the Walking Dead TV podcast on Facebook, uh, you can join our group. And by all means, please do, because then not only do you get uh, links to our Watchmen spinoff podcast, uh, not only do you get links to Aaron Newer's. Uh, oh, by the way, we forgot to read Aaron's. Uh, um Busters, I, I've got it. I've got it right here. Okay, good. I didn't um, get one from him. So. Yeah, that's because he doesn't like you anymore, Chubb. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, hey Aaron. Uh, sorry I couldn't make it, but I've got Terminators chasing me tonight. That means he's seeing the new Terminator movie, and it looks like next week the Knives will be out for me. That means he's seeing the new movie Knives Out by Ryan Johnson. That looks awesome. Uh, it does. Uh, however, I really dug this week's episode. Uh, when Alpha rolled up on our heroes with all her swagger, laying down new rules and revealing how much she knows, I was completely happy with the current state of things and the threat present. That said, putting the focus on Carol was an interesting move to get us into her state of mind that I appreciated as well. The reveal of her having hallucinated an entire story by Daryl was a good one, as was her strung up by her leg situation, regardless of how much truth there was to it. Uh, good stuff from St. Aaron and Negan as well. The team-up worked to do more for both characters, as inevitable as their eventual bonding may have been. Again, good stuff all around for Busters. Okay, thanks, Aaron. And if you want to read Aaron's more in-depth reviews, you can also find it on the Walking Dead TV uh, podcast Facebook group. 
and if you join us, you can also leave your Buster ratings for each episode, and I will read them in my dubious and uh, questionable style. Uh, <laughs> let's start off with Brent Jones. Uh, five mess-snorting truck drivers out of five. Best episode in a long time. So creepy. Alpha actress is fantastic at being creepy. I enjoy her interactions. Carol scenes in the school are fantastic, and Daryl trying to be there for her is great. The characters I still love were the focus of this one, and that may be why I enjoyed it so much, but I enjoyed it more than any episode in a few years. I also really enjoyed Negan this episode. He was funny in a way that wasn't corny. Uh, Leo Cavalla. Uh, finally, a great episode. Creepy feel throughout the episode. A show about zombies needs to be scary and creepy. To which Yukiyoshi Sawada and, uh, uh, re- replied, Z Nation and Zombieland disagree with this comment. Yeah, so does Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> and the Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. And, a few other, and yeah. Ash versus Evil Dead. And a few other things. But I get what you're saying. Uh, Mike Jones. Four Swiss Army hands out of five. <laughs> Why doesn't he have one of those? It'd be so useful. Uh, this episode gave me a Sixth Sense vibe. I'm still not sure what all was real, and we'll give it another watch. Hopefully, Henry making an appearance gives this episode a ratings boost. <laughs> yeah, the big Henry crowd out there. Second mention of Sixth Sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, Dre Irvin, five busters. This was an excellent episode and such a strong season so far. My favorite moment was when Carol hallucinated that all of her dead children were on the cover of that book. Uh, Mary Turk Becky, a five saintly errands out of five. Uh, wow, Aaron, you're not on the show this week. Oh, they mean from the show. Sorry. Uh, loved almost everything about this episode. And what I didn't like was Eugene was easily overlooked by Samantha Morton's performance. She is brilliant. The interaction between Alpha and Carol was tense and so well done. Could not agree more, Mary. Uh, also enjoyed the interaction with Aaron and Negan. I had a few good laughs at the dialogue, especially when Aaron handed him the rope. So far, so good with this season. Hopefully, it continues to be strong. Uh, Russ L. writes in. I'm not going to read that. That's disgusting. Uh, Richard Cher- Chopper Cherry Charrington. <laughs> uh, 4.5 sleep-deprived carols out of 5. Good episode in Loving Negan. Samantha Morton is killing it as Alpha. Literally. Uh, she is genuinely creepy as anything. Hopefully the following episodes can be as good as this one. Okay, I need a little beverage here. Hold on. Thanks. Ah. Yukiyushi Sawada writes in. 4.5 pill-popping pelleteers out of 5. Uh, one, really enjoyed the Walker Storm. Seeing uh, X-Rick and the gang take the waves on reminds me of the scene where everyone was killing walkers when they breached Alexandria. Two, okay, those first two times across the border on grounds for breaking the Pike Treaty, but common fire is going to burn? That's crap, and Alpha knows it. Uh, she's decently altering the deal. We must stop her before she alters it any further. I see what you did there, sir. Three, uh, Alpha knew what she was doing bringing up Henry. The problem here is uh, two Alpha have crossed paths, and only one will come out alive. That's right, Carol and Alpha growling at each other. To enter, only one leaves. Uh, four, Aaron, stop. You're not tough. You're just being unreasonable. First, Eric, like you, chose to fight. He, know, he knew he could die. Uh, there was killing on both sides. Second, you may have left the gates a few times to find people, but Alexander was a privileged community compared to the Earth Star ones, so don't question what others did to survive. Five, it's been six years of living in this area. You think they would have found 
all the other places. Shout out for Sophia, Lizzie, Sam, Henry, and Big Will Dixon. Uh, six, keep in mind, Carol has been up since 6 a.m. of nearly two days. That being said, when you see something say everything, don't you run off on your road to deal with it. Uh, seven, you guys remember your first impressions of Dante? Yeah, I thought the same, but I think we can agree he earns his personality. Eight. Bum, bum, bum. Eight. So, or does he? Eight. Sadiq sees dead people. So, Daryl's in here suburb, in her suburban dream. I'll stop there. <laughs> Nine. So, Alpha is afraid of Carol. I mean, she tried to assassinate her. Ten. Negan and Aaron working together to kill walkers is adapted from a similar scene in issue 164 where Negan and Rick work together instead. I'm sorry if this is hard to read, harder than normal. I used my phone for this, and Apple's new update has messed up the typing and voiceover feature, which, as a blind guy, I depend on 57% of the time. Sorry for all the trouble, Mr. Deeds. All together now, Kampai. Kampai. Uh, Johnny Storer, five out of five. Keep it simple. This is an awesome season so far. I love it. And finally, Kevin Barry, 4.5 busters out of five. I really enjoyed this episode and hope the season continues with episodes like this one. And like I said, you want to join in and give us your buster readings, and by all means, join the Walking Dead TV podcast Facebook group and hop on in there. Do your thing. Excellent. All right. Well, you can find me. As Jim mentioned, we're going to be doing We Watch the Watchmen uh, weekly for the first season. Uh, Hopefully more to come of HBO's Watchmen, which the first episode just premiered last weekend. So, um, so keep an eye out on that for the feed. Uh, we'll put a, we'll put a post up to it, um, as they, as they come out in, uh, in here too. Cause I know a lot of folks like to listen to all the, the extraneous stuff that we tend to do. So, uh, keep an eye on, on here, keep an eye. Yeah. There's episode zero up where we just kind of talk a little bit about, uh, what we expect to see in the show and, and just kind of our, background with the Watchmen and the history of the podcast and all that kind of stuff. So definitely check that out. Uh, stay tuned to HHWLOD for all that. Daryl, where can folks find your stuff? Um, well, you can look up the uh, Taylor Network uh, feed. It's available on Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, or whatever they're calling iTunes now. I don't even remember anymore. Everything's still changing. Um but uh, you can catch the new episode of uh, Gotham by Geeks with uh, me and Rich. We uh, catch up on the recent uh, Batman title and uh, all that fall TV stuff that people don't have time to uh, to watch. Well, me and Donnie and Jim, we watched it. At least one of us watched something that you wanted to watch, and then we let you know about it. So uh, you can definitely catch, uh, catch us on Nothing's On with that and... Uh, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Excellent. Jim? OldMagicGaming.com is our uh, home, the home for our live D&D podcasts uh, for uh, Great Old Ones and for Crown of Queens, two different campaigns going on. Uh, we play D&D, then we put soundtrack, uh, you know, backing music and uh, sound effects in there and kind of give it more of a another dimension of listening. It's kind of fun. Check it out. Uh, as Daryl mentioned, I'm on Nothing's On every week with him and Donnie at the Taylor Network of Podcast.com. And you can hire me at Fiverr, Fiverr uh, with two R's.com. I'm Jim Deeds 840. I can do voiceover work for you, audio or video editing or voice acting too. Excellent. Rich? 
Yeah, right here on HHWLOD for the Walking Dead podcast, but also um, the uh, We Watch Watchmen podcast, as well as DC All-Stars podcast on the Taylor Network. And on all the socials at ChubToad01. Excellent. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week uh, to talk about Episode 4 of Season 10. Can't believe it's 4 already. But uh, I think we're all ready to, to cut this short and go watch the uh, Episode 9 trailer that's just dropped. So until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, don't spend your time trying to rezone to Love Town. It just may not happen. <laughs> <laughs> Taxes are much True. higher there anyway. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs>